With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. Thank you for listening today. Yesterday on the podcast, if you're a White Sox fan and you're like, wait, what about the White Sox? Um, I did a review of the first half of the White Sox season yesterday. So just go back and it's right there in the timeline and you can listen to it. Today's focus is going to be a review of the first half for the Cubs. Some of my thoughts and where do the Cubs kind of go from here? I feel like everyone needed a break from the Cubs and around the Cubs. The way that the season started off with them starting off one and six and already the the panic was starting to ensue, which was warranted. I mean, considering the way that Theo Epstein had talked about what he was expecting this year and how this was a year where there there needed to be an urgency to the way the Cubs started the season. It's understandable that fans would look at the way that the Cubs started things off and go, what is really wrong with this team? The thing is, is that as the season progressed, there were some great moments. The Cubs kind of went on a hot streak that was reminiscent of, of 2016. And then the bottom has kind of fallen out of of what they become now it's so weird to talk about this because even with their four games above 500 record of 47 and 43 they're still a first place team now the national league central i'm not sure if you want to i'm not sure if if you want to call it the nl central being bad or it being equal, equally distributed talent uh, amongst the teams in the National League Central, but all five teams are only separated by four and a half games, which is crazy. I thought that the, the, the league would be better. The division would be better in preseason. And I thought that there, it would be more competition, that it would probably be the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals battling for the division. And then the Pirates were better and the Reds made some offseason moves that made them better. And I think that's come to fruition. Joe Madden has talked about how he thinks that the division is kind of caught up to where the Cubs were. And here we are. Now that's looking on the outside, looking on the outside of the division and saying, you know, division isn't as good, but they, they, there are teams that are catching up. Like I'm looking at the run differential right now. And this is pretty crazy. Like the Cubs are in first place. Their run differential is plus 55. Milwaukee's in second place with a run differential of minus 17. That is unheard of. And then you have the the Cardinals at plus two, the Pirates at minus 36, and then Cincinnati, they've had some some offensive explosions here and there, are actually the second best in the division run differential at plus 27. 
to put the run differential into context, if you look around the National League and people say, well, if the Cubs were in any other division, they'd be in third place. That's true. But if you look at the run differential, they'd be right there with Atlanta. They'd be right there with Arizona. They'd be ahead of Arizona. And I don't know if anyone's going to catch the Dodgers this year because, goodness gracious, their run differential is 129. So that's kind of the the outside view of the Cubs. And I know that people like to look ahead and go, well, do they match up well with Atlanta? Do they match up well with the Dodgers? Get there first. And, and, and if you do match up with Atlanta, try to get Ozzie Albies out. That would be good. Because um, he seems to always look forward to, to taking on the Cubs. Now let's take a look at, at the the what's going on with this team overall. There's a lot here. There, there's a lot to unpack with the 2019 Cubs. Let's start with the manager. As, as you may know, I host the Joe Madden show every Tuesday. And it's been fun. I've actually really liked getting to know Joe better. You know, like I, we always had like a cordial relationship when I would go out to go cover games. But it's kind of crazy to to be hosting the show with him and getting, getting to know him and him getting to know me and, and all of that good stuff. So um, let's start there. Let's start with Joe. Joe being in a lame duck season this season, in a prove it season. What's weird is I didn't expect him to embrace this the way that he has embraced it. And he's talked about how he's having more fun this year. He's talked about how he is trying to do more where in spring training, he was more visible. He was on the field more. He's working with hitters. Um, he jokes about having a PhD in hitting because of his time as an instructor and as a, a hitting coach and all of that stuff. And hitting has been one of the problems with, with the Cubs, but we'll get to that in, in a minute. The job that he's done, I, I haven't seen anything egregious. And there have been times in the past where I've been like, what is Joe doing? But I haven't seen anything that's been egregious. I still think that his greatest strength as a manager is the way that he manages people. And that's a very difficult thing to do. But I also think that we are now in a place where the star manager is becoming a dying breed. The expensive character it, 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 I don't know how much longer, like once Joe Madden and, and Tito Francona go away, I, I don't know if there's going to be $5 million, $6 million a year managers anymore because there's an argument that if you find a smart young manager and pay them a million dollars or $2 million to manage a club, you might end up with the same or similar results. That being said, I, I think that Joe's one of the best in the game. And I think that that his managing of personalities and people uh, is is one of the things that puts him ahead. When you look at, at the Cubs this season, there's been a lot of that that they've had to try and navigate as an organization where it isn't just the baseball. There's a lot there. One, Joe has to worry about his own thing which should get figured out like i think if, if if joe were to get fired 
by the Cubs that he would find another job. I don't know if he would find one that would pay him as well as this one, but I imagine that he would find another job and he's been pretty clear in his intent to want to continue managing. The guy loves the game. He also has other interests, which is, is cool too. And I, it's one of the things that I've found that I really like about him throughout the first few months of us doing the show together. But if you're looking at making a change for change sake, like that's one of my things. And I'll, I'll do another, I got a whole nother podcast plan plan for later on this week about that. I really hate the concept of just shake it up, man. Like just, you know, you sometimes you just got to shake it up. I don't, I don't prescribe to that. I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing, but you have to navigate Joe, him being in a final season and the Cubs not budging on not wanting to, to sign an extension. And I, I, that's they're well within their rights to do that. We've in sports overall, we've gotten into this place of that. People can't do their job. If they're in a prove it type situation that everyone it's, it's uh, against the way that business is done, that, that, coaches and managers don't get extensions that they would make themselves lame duck. Joe has an opportunity to make himself really rich, whether it's here or somewhere else. If the Cubs do well this season, especially with the track record that he's had with this team over the last four years. So you have that you have Ben Zobris leaving the team to, to deal with what is reportedly uh, a, a very, a very challenging divorce with his wife, Juliana, and he's been gone for a long time and who knows if he's coming back. Now, Theo Epstein last week said that he's pretty confident that Zobris will be back, but you got to wonder a guy that's at his age that has been gone from the game for a few months now, how quickly can he get himself back into game shape and, and get some at bats. Now, I would say that even though you look at Zobris's batting average this year and it hasn't been super strong, you look at his on base, it's something that they could probably use. His approach, you know, he's got the approach that, that Madden talks about all the time, which is middle away. And the the Cubs overall are still struggling with that as a, as a hitting unit, that there are guys that are, are looking to launch. And I don't have a problem with that either. I, I, if I'm Chris Bryant, like that's what I've been doing my whole career and I've been pretty successful at it. And I've been not just my whole career, my whole life, I've been doing it that way. I do think that it's situational though, that in some situations you do need to use the entire ballpark. And you know, who's gotten better at that? Javier Baez. Javi is, is still, I think, frustrating to a lot of people because Sometimes it seems as if he's all or nothing, but look at his opposite field hits this year. He's hit more home runs opposite field than he has pulling them, which to me is a step in the right direction as far as continued development for a guy that has the chance to be the best player in the game. Um, I mean, Mike Trout obviously is still here, but Javi has a chance to be that guy if he does a couple things, he's definitely one of the more electric players in the game. So that's a positive. It's weird because you have guys, if you look at, at Bryant's numbers, Bryant's on his career numbers, I, I, the runners in scoring position, uh, Herbie, shout out to Herb Lawrence. 
Herbie went and looked at, at, at what his BABIP is with runners in scoring position, and it's low. It's in the 200s, in the low 200s. So you would suspect that that is going to even out in the second half. But overall, he's on his career numbers. Same thing with Anthony Rizzo. He's on his career numbers. Wilson Contreras is ahead of his career numbers. Jason Hayward is ahead of his career numbers so far this season. So why is it that the Cubs are struggling to to score runs consistently? Well, the runners in scoring position thing doesn't help. The team's not doing a great job of that. But historically, Cubs teams under Joe Madden have not been great. Like even when they won the World Series, if you looked at their their batting average with runners in scoring position that year, their rank that year, you would be upset. You'd be like, well, "How did this team win the World Series?" There's issues around the diamond, like I was saying. Then you have the the reintegration of Addison Russell onto the team. And that comes with a lot of stuff. Whether or not, let's let's take the baseball stuff first. Is Addison Russell coming back and playing shortstop? Nope. Because Javier Baez is this team shortstop. And there's no reason to move Javi. And you've seen a couple of defensive gaffes from Addison, whose calling card is supposed to be he's a great defensive guy, over the last week of Cubs baseball that have just been annoying. And you go, is this guy's head in the game? Is he is he as good as people say he is? And then you add in the fact that he doesn't hit. He had a blip where when he when he hit 21 home runs or whatever it was, but overall he is not a great hitter and i wonder if he's he's now maxed out of what he can be offensively and the same question can be asked of kyle schwarber where schwarber's still getting on base i I think that he's still having really good at bats but he might just be this he might be a guy that hits you 25 or 30 home runs but also hits 240 and expecting him to turn into a great hitter maybe that that's not going to happen. Maybe he's still a guy who slugs the daylights out of the ball. And if you had the, the old school, like quintessential leadoff man, it would make sense to bat him, you know, lower in the order, but he's still, you know, you, you look at what he's done so far this year. He's hit 18 home runs, but he's still only a seven seventy seven. OPS player, and that's not what they were expecting from him. Guys haven't taken that next step forward. The same thing with like Albert Almora Jr., who right now is 685. Like, honestly, it's hard to justify him doing anything but being a defensive replacement for you. And and so there's all sorts of issues in the lineup now, even with guys having really interesting like for example chris bryant here's chris bryant's slash line right now 297 403 552 he's a 955 ops dude that's higher than his career average and he's still got the 17 home runs he's slugging i mean he's jason hayward is an 812 ops this year which is crazy because he hasn't been a guy that's hit a lot of home runs in a Cubs uniform. And this year he's already got 14. He may, we may see it. We may be seeing Atlanta, Jason Hayward when it comes to him elevating the ball 
you know, usually he's the guy with incredible exit velocity on ground outs to second base. And you're like, if that guy would just change his swing plane, <laughs> maybe he can get some of those balls out of the yard. And he's done that. But there hasn't been that like next step. So you've got Russell out there playing. And it, it, you you have to, if he's not going to defend, then what good is he? Because the offensive numbers are trash on him. 244, 319, 402. So do you play David Bodie at second base every day, knowing that he's not as good of a defender as Addison Russell is? I'm not, I'm just not sure what you do. They brought in Daniel Descalso. It hasn't worked. Daniel Descalso, one of the worst players in Major League Baseball right now. You want to know his numbers? You want to know how bad things are for Daniel Descalso? His OPS is lower than John Lester's. So is his batting average. So is his on-base percentage. And I know that we're talking about... um, a pitcher who's only going out there and only have a few at bats, but that's bad. Lester's 193, 20, 238 for a 558. Daniel Descalso is hitting 186 with a 285 on base and an OPS of 554. They tried bringing in Carlos Gonzalez, that didn't work. So they the front office has kind of you know made moves like here and there. But I feel like the roster is still incomplete. And I I also think that there are times where the Cubs overvalue some of their own guys, and, and particularly Schwarber, Almora. They overvalue them. And now, if you wanted to trade Kyle Schwarber, I think that there would be people who are interested because he, he's got that easy power, man. I love watching when he connects, but he hasn't developed the way, as a hitter, the way that they thought that he would and now he's only hitting 227 and so joe usually struck out a hundred times man he struck out already a hundred times now javi struck out 108 times he's always going to strike out a lot but the guy's slugging 556 and he's actually hitting 289 which is crazy then you get to the pitching and one of the issues with old rotations isn't that guys are just going to lose their stuff like, no one is saying that John Lester doesn't have it on his cutter or on his fastball anymore. It's, can you make starts? So we see Cole Hamels get hurt, and he's going to miss some time. Although Joe says that he thinks he's going to be back sooner rather than later. These are the dangers of having older guys in your rotation. And then, all of a sudden, Kyle Hendricks gets hurt, and he was having a phenomenal season so far and he's been back but he hasn't looked quite right you know like so there's a lot happening with this cubs team and that's before we we even get to the bullpen and the bullpen has been quite the hodgepodge this year you've had guys going into the bullpen guys going out of the bullpen guys getting hurt like carl edwards jr there's no closer that's been an issue they went out and got craig kimbrell and he'll be here for the second half, and maybe he'll be fully integrated by the time the, the Cubs get back into play on Friday afternoon. But they've struggled to find people to get outs consistently in their bullpen. And when you have to 
when when you're not getting as much out of your rotation, like Quintana hasn't been as good as people hope. Lester's been okay. He's actually been pretty good. But Kyle Hendricks is missing starts. Cole Hamels is missing starts. And then there's you, Darvish, who's sitting there with the most frustrating. He's sitting there with the most frustrating level of talent. Do you know that you Darvish is the most strikeouts on the Cubs? Yeah. By a significant amount. He's got the most swing and misses. He strikes people out, but he also has the highest ERA in the rotation. Over five. And you see it. It's so tantalizing. Like his his stuff is so electric and so Nintendo. But he has these moments where he he just doesn't come through. He's made every start this year, so that's good. The fact that he's made 18 starts is a step in the right direction. But if you can't put it together more consistently, it's so frustrating too, and I've said this on the air. I feel like Cubs fans want to embrace you, Darvish. I feel like they they want really badly to get behind him because he seems like a sensitive guy that needs that. And I, I mean that in the best way, in the best way possible, that he he could use a little love from the, the Wrigley faithful. And I think Cubs fans want to give it to him, but he's got to perform. Like, And it's just maddening when, when you see a guy that has a, 111 strikeouts. Like his strikeout to walk is almost three to one. But, and then like, you'll see him, you'll see him late in a game, pop 99 on the gun. And you're like, what have you been holding back? If they could get him to be consistently a five inning starter, like a good five inning starter. Now I'm not even talking about quality starts. I think it would be the victory, be a victory for the Cubs. Tyler Chatwood started off the year pretty good out of the bullpen. So did Mike Montgomery. Both of those guys have struggled recently. They're being asked to do a difficult job. They're the guys that give you length. Sometimes they got to start games. It's difficult because they're, they're like guys with no home. Like they have no real role other than to do a little bit of everything. It's a lot, man. And there have been some guys who've been really effective, like Kinsler and C-Shack at times have been really effective. And then you have moments where Pedro Strope isn't isn't as good as you hope, especially when it came to closing games. And that's why you got to get Craig Kimbrell. And hopefully in the second half, the Cubs will give Craig Kimbrell some games to save because that's another issue. Even getting save opportunities is is something that has been a struggle for them. So the second half of the season, I'm looking forward to it. Although I think we all needed to take a deep breath and a break and get away from each other um, with the Cubs. And, and I'm I, the guys that made the all-star game. I thought deserved to make the all-star game. Wilson Contreras is having an unbelievable year. Javi Baez is one of the most exciting players in the game. And Chris Bryant's great. And, and, and it bugs me when people get on him. I understand why you're getting on him. It still bugs me because he's so good at baseball. We'll see how many lineup combinations and fielding combinations Joe comes up with in the second half. If they could get the second base thing squared away. And I've heard a lot of Cub fans talk about this. And, 
and count me in as far as an endorsement goes on if the Cubs wanted to trade for Whit Merrifield, I'm in on that. I, I think that he would be perfect for this season in particular and the window of winning that the Cubs might have for the next couple of seasons. So I'd be all for that because the Royals are not going to rebuild. They're awful. And he's, what is Whit Merrifield, 30, 31 years old? So while he's kind of come on the scene over the last couple of years and has really become uh, a, one of the best players in the game, he's old enough and cheap enough that that he would fit into what the Cubs want to do, I think, uh, a little bit better than waiting on what the Royals are talking about. I mean, he's he's only making like $4 million a year. I say he's 30, he's not. He's 28. Um, but that, to me, is a perfect guy to add. And I know it hurts to watch DJ LeMayu and before Tommy LaStella got hurt, watch Tommy LaStella go out there and do work and Daniel Vogelbach and all the ex-Cub dudes that were in the system and go, man, if they still had that guy or that guy, DJ LeMayu might be the MVP in the American League. Tommy LaStella was on, he made the all-star team before he broke his leg, and that's that's horrible. That's too bad for for him. I still think there's enough talent here to win the division. I still think that there's enough talent here for them to be competitive uh, in the playoffs. But the, the thing I'm focused on is can they win the division? And And the answer is yes. Once you get into the playoffs, it's about matchups. It's about who's healthy and the matchup. And even though the Dodgers are crushing it right now, they are terrifying. They can be had. The Cubs could beat them in a series. Anyone can beat anyone in the series. It's baseball. It's weird and crazy. But I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. And can I'm, I'm glad for the Cubs that they avoided getting swept in Pittsburgh. And then they had a you know nice game Saturday against the Cubs. I mean, against the White Sox. But I would... I would suspect that things need to get better quickly because you're looking at a team that's what 22 and 31 in their last 53 games or something like that. They better get on it and step on that, that accelerator when the second half starts. I have rambled quite a long time about the Cubs in my first half review. Hopefully you got something out of it. I appreciate you listening Thank you for checking out the show. Please subscribe and rate it and give it five stars and tell people about it and share it if you can. And uh, thank you for for being um, a willing listening audience to my rantings about the Cubs. Maybe yours are similar. You can hit me up on Twitter if you wish. At Lawrence W. Holmes is where you can find me. More Loho Daily tomorrow. Maybe we'll do a little basketball. Maybe some buckets tomorrow. But yeah, we all needed a, a break from the Cubs. And I'm glad we got it. Talk to you tomorrow.